Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Got a busy show today just because of all the NFL news that has transpired. Just an absolute mess with the New York Giants. Uh, I'll get into that, but let's talk about with, uh, some of the coaching hires uh, that went down uh, over the past 48 hours. So we have Matt Rule not even going to interview with the New York Giants uh, today. Matt Rule instead is going to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers with a whopping six-year, $50 million deal. Listen, if David Tepper, who is the richest owner in the NFL, by the way, the newest owner and the richest owner, he is willing to pay the dough because he has upset the coaching carousel by a wide margin, by giving out the richest coaching contract to a first-time head coach in NFL history by a country mile. Not only is uh, Matt Rule going to be the highest-paid junior coach, he's going to be in the uh, basically the only coach making more money than Matt Rule next season is going to be John Gruden. That's it. That's the list. So with the upcoming owners meeting, I guarantee you there will be a number of owners giving him the side eye because he has literally just bumped up the coaching salaries of the entire league by no less than 20%. Probably 30. But at least 20 because of how much Matt Rule is going to get paid. No doubt about that. Let's walk it back through, because yesterday, on Monday, you had the formal announcement that Mike McCarthy became the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And to be honest, it's one of the most ridiculous things you will see, because, of course, the sound clip played too late, but, I mean... I I gotta laugh about that one because you gotta be kidding me. There's no way that you could say Mike McCarthy is anyone's top choice to be an NFL head coach. Bottom line, Mike McCarthy was blessed with having Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And out of all those years with Aaron Rodgers in his prime, one Super Bowl win. And even with that Super Bowl win, they were a wild card team in 2010. And it still took a colossally bad game by Ben Roethlisberger to win that Super Bowl for the Packers. Mike McCarthy is not a good NFL head coach. His track record has proven that with the inconsistencies of his Packers teams. Now, Why was Mike McCarthy hired by Jerry Jones? One simple reason. Power. 
Mike McCarthy was not going to demand the power that other NFL head coaches would desire. Jerry Jones wants to meddle with his football operations. He knows what he wants, and he will do whatever he wants. And very few NFL head coaches are going to put up with that. It's one of the biggest reasons why, no matter how much money Jerry Jones offers him, I still can never see Sean Payton deciding to align himself with the Cowboys once he was able to get his own head coaching gig uh, down with New Orleans. Yes, he will leverage the Cowboys for additional money from the Saints, but I can't see him actually ever leaving to go to coach the Cowboys. I, I, I just don't see it happening. So, Mike McCarthy gets the gig, but the Cowboys coaching search was literally two interviews. Marvin Lewis and Mike McCarthy. That's the list. And for anyone actually... I mean, let's be clear. As much as people make fun of Marvin Lewis, there's he was a credible head coach, by and large, given what he had to work with in Cincinnati, given how cheap that organization is. There's, there's no doubt. The Bengals are a cheap organization. They cut corners at every single instance. However, if you want to talk about playoff success, I mean... I mean, you know, it's one of those things that at the end of the day, Marvin Lewis gets judged on that. But so should Mike McCarthy. If you're telling me that's the best you can come up with, I, no. Jerry Jones specifically set those interviews up. Marvin Lewis was interviewed specifically to address the Rooney Rule requirement, which requires every NFL team to in- interview at least one minority candidate. That's literally it. It is a token application of the rule. It's supposed to be di- it's supposed to be used to diversity diversify the candidate pool. But what most NFL teams are using to do is just to have a token interview and then move on. And then I, I have to listen to some sports reporter tell me it's still good uh, learning experience for anyone taking the token interview. But yeah, of course, getting interview experience is always useful. Knowing that you're not going to get a job because you're the GM you're interviewing with already has someone else not you're <laughs> I mean let's be clear literally being interviewed because you're black or Hispanic is probably one of the most insulting things I can think of so to say that it's a good learning opportunity is disingenuous at best and insulting at worst yes there are always instances where someone comes out of the blue and knocks it out of the park. But guess what? Most of those coaches, and the track record has shown it, do not get the same opportunities or chances to fail just like everybody else. It's a fact of the matter. There's no getting around it. So Jerry Jones wanted to have somebody he could control, and Mike McCarthy's got a Super Bowl ring. So that made the, uh, that decision the logical leap from Jason Garrett because he knew the Cowboys fan base would not take another year 
of Jason Garrett clapping on the sideline, getting out coached horribly by whomever he was up against uh, on a given day. It, it just was not going to happen uh, with Jason Garrett and the Cowboys uh, fan base accepting Jason Garrett as their head coach any longer. So that's how the Cowboys search panned out. Now we're going to talk about the Giants and how Joe Judge, 38 years old or 38 years young, however you want to say it, became the newest head coach for the New York football Giants. When the Giants were supposed to be interviewing Matt Rule today, the Giants were supposed to be interviewing Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, whom is also a coach uh, that, uh, it's, I mean, Joe, I mean, uh, no one could say this with a straight face, that Judge was even a serious contender for this job. Here's the Here's the long and short of it. They could say it wasn't a panic hire, but the issue with the Giants is that there's civil discord in the entire organization. Dave Gettleman, the Giants GM, is a polarizing figure in the league and inside that organization. Steve Tisch, the co-owner of the Giants, wanted to fire Dave Gettleman. Had to get talked out of it by uh, John Mara, the other co-owner. As a sacrifice, Pat Shermer got the boot. Even though most of the issues with Pat Shermer can be directly traced back to Dave Gettleman. And the fact that John Mara cited Daniel Jones's development in year one, which I think is very suspect to say the least. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people in the Giants organization are looking at it with rose-tinted glasses about Daniel Jones's development. Uh, and not taking it for what it is, is that basically he had some bright moments against very lousy teams, and then against good teams showed absolutely nothing. Or even passable teams showed absolutely nothing. That's not a very good sign moving forward. I I at least got to see something something against an average team. I mean, he, he couldn't even do put up numbers against Detroit, which is one of the worst defensive units in football, but be that as it may. Be that as it may. To my point, the Giants organization is currently a mess because Tish and Mara are not on the same page. I don't know which side of the house was completely gung-ho on Matt Rule. Part of me thinks that it was predominantly the Mara side, and that Tish was also on board with Matt Rule. But, from all indications, Matt Rule called the Giants yesterday and told them about the great offer he got from Carolina as the starting point to the interview process. Now, the fact that the Giants didn't even go through the actual interview with Matt Rule says quite a bit in that Rule leveraged the Giants to get a better deal once he made his way down to Carolina. Because, by all accounts, 
Rule was the number one target for the Giants. Whether it was a formal interview or back-channeling through the respective agents. So, once the news or the uh, rule called back to the Giants laying out the contract terms for Carolina, the Giants balked at it. Because John Mara is not going to pay an average salary of $8 million per year, and he's sure as hell not going to give a six-year contract. He didn't even give a six-year contract to Tom Coughlin even after he won the second Super Bowl. Like, he's not going to give that level of uh, uh, contractual certainty to a head coach. He'll offer a four-year contract extension, but he's not going to do six years off the bat. He's just not... That's just not the way he's ever run things. It's one of the biggest reasons why Bill Parcells left, because he wanted more job security and power, things that John Mayer uh, was not willing to concede and still is not willing to concede. Because many people are wondering how in the world Dave Gettleman could still have a job when he drafts a running back, number two overall in Saquon Barkley, doesn't get more than one lineman to block for him whiffs on Nate Solder as a left tackle drafts Daniel Jones six when no one had him that high on the draft board. And to this day, no one will ever cop to drafting Daniel Jones that high. Even uh, with Daniel Jones showing some level of acumen at the quarterback position, I don't think it's that much, but be that as it may, even then, teams still not saying, oh man, I wish I had drafted Daniel Jones earlier. It was a reach pick. Everyone knows it's a reach pick, except Dave Gettleman and the Giants or uh, Giants brass. They are making things up to suit the narrative of why Dave Gettleman should keep his job when there have been a litany of issues with whether it's the Leonard Williams trade, the Solder signing, the Omame signing, the fact that you sign Odell Beckham to the richest wide receiver contract in NFL history, only to then trade him less than three months later after signing said contract extension. I mean, you sign Golden Tate to a free agency contract after you give an extension to Sterling Shepard when they play the exact same wide receiver position. I, you know, th- there were so many things to just nitpick the Giants over because the there is no logic or rhyme or reason tied to the decision-making process, which is the infuriating thing. It's infuriating because at the end of the day, there should be some type of logical pattern as to the overall game plan. When you draft Daniel Jones 6, the fact that it doesn't occur to you that maybe you might want to get some more linemen to block for him in that same draft class kind of shows how little perspective you have on your actual team roster and from a talent uh, evaluation standpoint. Because the Giants had the worst tackle unit in the entire league. Nate Silder was bottom five in terms of left tackles, and Mike Remmers was a... Uh, literal turnstile the entire year in terms of QB pressures and hits. It was an absolute nightmare. 
part of the reason why Daniel Jones got injured is because of how bad those tackles uh, have been playing that he ended up injuring his ankle against the Bears. You know, again, just basic things that the Giants uh, had no uh, perspective on. So I'm going to uh, uh, give my dad a buzz for his thoughts. Uh, He's got an interesting take on the situation as a whole uh, about why the Giants went this route. I wasn't necessarily piecing it together, uh, but when he laid it out, you know, it it does kind of make sense. So stay tuned for that. But overall, it's this is not about Judge as a hire because we don't know what he's going to ultimately pan out as. But there is so little to actually say about the Giants coaching search because there really wasn't one. It, they did not go into full, fully in-depth as to the number of folks they could have talked to. Because while they did talk to Eric Bieniemy and uh, Wink Martindale, they still did not actually address Kevin, uh, Kevin Stefanski, the uh, Vikings offensive coordinator, Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator. You still had a number of coordinators that had not been talked to yet. And not that I'm a big Josh McDaniels fan, because believe me, I think he's a hack, much like many members of the Belichick coaching tree that people keep raving about. Yet, if you actually look at the numbers, it is not even remotely successful based off of what people think they are. You know, the end of the day, you know, the Giants have to show some level of credibility. But if you're telling me that Eric Bieniemy, Robert Sala, Greg Roman, uh, Don Martindale, McDaniels, all those guys are less qualified than, I mean, you 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 got to be ki- you you got to be kidding me that Joe Judge got the nod over these guys without doing an actual interview. Come on, come on. Like, this is Gettleman exerting what little control he has. And the only reason why Joe Judge's name got leaked to the press, in my opinion, is the fact that Mara and Gettleman already settled on Joe Judge as the alternative rule. Tish got pissed, leaked that name to the press because he wasn't on board with it. They're trying to talk uh, 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 talk Tish into signing off on him. And now, because the uh, the names got leaked, the Giants' uh, front office is scrambling to say, oh, no, we were working on a deal with Joe uh, last night, even though technically uh, we were supposed to have the interview with Matt Rule because they're saying that, oh, no, 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 Matt Rule didn't uh, didn't cancel on us. We canceled on him. As if that's going to make Giants fans feel any better that you rushed a head coaching search with so many teams still left in the playoffs when you could have easily waited until the Super Bowl weekend to actually make a coaching decision 
after every coordinator had a chance to interview with you. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't get any simpler than that, folks. It just doesn't. You know, the fact that the Giants are so disorganized right now is only encapsulated by how this coaching search went down. It, 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 it just boggles the mind. So, anyway, uh, let's get Kelly on the line here. Uh, we'll take a short break and then uh, get into uh, get into uh, a little chat, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, stay tuned. All right, Kelly. The Giants made their big, big hire today, although it's not official, and in no way, shape, or form was it even remotely connected to the fact that Matt Rule said no to the Giants at all. It is not even remotely connected to Matt Rule. It has nothing to do with Matt Rule. Joe Judge has always been the guy, Callie. Can you believe it? We've got our new head coach already. Look, I told you today that I think, and I got to wait and see if they hire Jason Garrett as, as, a, as an assistant. If, if Garrett takes a job with, with the Giants as an assistant, then I'm going to believe my, my conspiracy theory is, is right, that they actually want to give Jason Garrett the job. But they figure Giants fan is, the fans are going to re, revolt. So what they're going to do is bring him on as an assistant, and when Judge falls flat on his face, Jason God is just going to step in. And, you know, well, uh, this is the savior. You know, we tried somebody else, and since he's here already, you know. Are, 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 are you, that's, that's what I think. Are you, are you saying this is a Wade Phillips situation? Are you saying this is Wade Phillips yeah. all over again where Jason Garrett's going to try to sabotage, sabotage the head coach to get the head coaching gig for himself? Is that what you're implying here, Kelly? Well, Saying that he's gonna sabotage, but the, the the trick, the thing is that I think that the Giants wants to hire Jason Garrett, and they they know if they do it outright, the 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 fans are gonna you know go up in arms. So without having to take that hit, I think they can always. Have Jason Garrett there, and then when when that falls through, he just get you know they, we just stay in house. I I think that's what they want to do. Let Let's see if I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Garrett doesn't take the job. So then maybe I'm wrong, but I I have a feeling I'm not. You know, because look, let me tell you something. For some reason, they want to keep Gettleman. Most of the coaches now want control. Gettleman, I mean, hey, look how long Ron Rivera was was on on the market. If the Giants really wanted to get Ron Rivera, all they had to do, you know there's no such thing as tampering when you want to do things these days. Because the agents talk all the time. Of course. So 
if they wanted to get get to get Ron Rivera, since it's supposed to be that they have a good relationship, which I know is bullshit because you know you just it, anytime you're taking a job in Washington with Snyder instead of coming to the Giants, you and that you and 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 the the, the Giants guy doesn't have that great a relationship. But we were co-workers, yeah, so of course we had a great relationship. We were co-workers. Look, let me tell you something. Gettman has a habit of doing these idiotic things, like letting Josh Norman walk the same way how he let, he let Landon Collins walk. I mean, you could trade these people, you know. Instead, you let them walk. I mean, who does that? Who does that? He, he, you know, he, he's a talent evaluator. He knows what's best for the team. <laughs> you just you just yeah, well, you just let the talent walk out the door. That that's that's what you got to do in order to build a strong team. You got to let talent walk out the door. That's the Dave Gettleman approach. Look, let, let, let me tell you something. How is any competent coach going to want to come here? When you're looking at a guy, he doesn't trade Collins. He lets him walk out the door. He signs Beckham, then trades him so we can get the hit. We, we take the hit for, for the money. Huh? And then on top of that, we're not going any place. You go and trade for Leonard Williams. Who are you going to have to pay now? Oh God, I love those that. things of fireball offenses. Uh, the Leonard so, so, the Leonard Williams trade. I mean, the the fact that the Leonard Williams trade doesn't get talked about enough in the New York media shows how much protection that the Giants organization and how cozy they are to the media in New York. Because with as much heat as has been on Gettleman, the fact that people don't hammer them more on the Leonard Williams trade and the fact that. Yeah, Leonard, like Gettleman says, Leonard Williams wants to be here. Where else is he going to go? What What has he done in the last three years to warrant a big money free agent wait, deal? Wait, 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 wait. You want to be here. You're living on the street, and somebody with a house tells you, well, you can say, you're not going to want to be there. <laughs> you're on the street. Look. The problem I have with the Leonard, the Leonard Williams trade is that we weren't going anywhere. It's not like we're making a playoff push. So if you wanted Leonard Williams, you just wait till the end of the season, which is what? I think we'll have to play six games? Ke- Callie, Le- like Le- Leonard Williams was essential to winning the Dolphins game to make sure we were not going to be able to draft Chase Young. It's all part of the master plan. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you. It, look, I never liked Gettleman. Because even when he was in Carolina, I thought that was the dumbest thing that Josh Norman would just sat there and sat there. And then he just, he just let him walk instead of trading him. I, I, I couldn't understand it. All right. Then he comes here and he does the same thing. So I'm not a Gettleman fan. Okay? But to me, 
if I'm your boss, I'm already ticked off with, with, with the Beckham thing because, if, you know, look, if when, when you have a player, you got to know if you want him or not. So if you don't want him, just trade him. You sign him as the highest paid receiver in the league. Because we, and then you trade him. Because we really thought that giving him money was going to get him to shut up. We really thought money was the motivating factor to getting him to be more of a team player. Well, then you're not a good evaluator. Because you're going to be kidding me to think that, that Beckham is going to be any different than he is right now. He didn't shut up here. He didn't shut up in Cleveland. He is who he is. And when you're evaluated, you got to know that. When you talk to people, you got to size them up and know what kind of person they are. He's going to be how he is all the time. There's going to be no changing with him. So if you don't know that, then you don't deserve to be doing this job. You know? So, so that means you're not good for the job. You know? So, so, so uh, what, what do I need you for? And, then, and like I said, you do that, and then now you come back with this Leonard Williams trade. And they could try to, to spin this anyhow. It's a dumb move because you can there's not going to be no line for, for Leonard Williams at the end of the season. So it's not like, well, he's, a free, he's going to be a free agent. We can't afford to do that because he will sign with somebody else. But with Land Williams, what, breaking records all over the place? You he, know? He, in, the short, mean, in, the, in the short time he's been with the Giants, he's considered a valuable contributor, according to Gettleman. Please. You know, only Gettleman can see that. Uh, that only Gettleman can see that. So, I, I, you know, I don't want to hear these nonsense. You know, because it's not like it's not like teams are making up blocking schemes because they're scared of Leonard Williams. You know, because sometimes you don't even realize he's playing. You know, so <laughs> he, it's not like he's an offensive lineman. They say when when you don't hear the name, you know they're doing a good job because you know they're just taking care of business. Defensive linemen are not like that. You've got to be disruptive, and he is not. And even, like I say, even if you wanted to get Leonard Williams, look, if the Giants are turned around at the end of the season when Fusion starts and sign Leonard Williams, I would have said, uh, okay, you know, you might, you might, maybe he could turn into a run stop or something. But why would you trade and give up picks? With the amount of holes we have, you're giving away picks. <laughs> right now, right now, where the Giants is in the draft, because, you know, unless I don't know Ron Rivera, he's taking Chase. So which means we're it's not a, getting it's, that. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's basically right a now. lock that Turn the... It, it's basically a lock that the Redskins are getting Chase Young. Where the Giants are right now is basically a spot where we need to draft a left tackle because at this point the Chase Young, I mean the uh, Nate Solder experiment, which again 
it's a is a Dave Gettleman production. Uh, the Nate Solder signing has been a complete and utter disaster. Mike Remmers is one of the worst right tackles, if not these uh, the worst right tackle in the league. The Giants, the Giants tackle situation is the worst unit in in the NFL. If it wasn't for Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez being somewhat serviceable, Zeitler's actually been very, was very good this year. Uh, Hernandez, as much as people want to rile on the fact that you know he he hasn't shown to be an All Pro guard yet, like the compared to the rest of how bad this line has performed. Hernandez had a solid year, but literally the the only reason why the Giants aren't a bottom five offensive line unit, and honestly, I still think they probably are, but statistically they graded out. Somehow there were eight teams that graded out worse than the Giants. Um, It's only because of Kevin Zeitler. Literally, Nate Solder was the worst left tackle in the entire league this year, and he's one of, if not the highest left, uh, left tackle paid. In the league. Dave Gellman. Now, again, at the time when this contract was assigned, uh, did anyone think that uh, Nate Solder would bust this horribly? No. But at the end of the day, someone's got to take the fall for that. And it damn sure wasn't Pat Shermer who made that call. That was Dave Gellman. How does Dave Gellman continue to get passes? Like, Dave Gellman has been a master deflector of blame his entire tenure. He finds ways of blaming other people for his mistakes. Well, you you carrying on as though it's just Solia. What about Umamani? Uh, we're not even going to talk about. We're not even going to talk about uh, Patrick Umamani, who was signed by the Giants along with Solder and then cut by Week Nine last year. Like, are you serious? Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I know he came in and met no left tackle, but I mean, and look, I'm not giving him a pass on Sonia because I had no idea he would be this bad. I'm always wary when the Patriots trade somebody because Belichick has a good eye when people are at the top of the hill and ready to go over. But I didn't figure it would be this bad. I was figuring that maybe we get a year or two out of him, and then I, I didn't think he would last the length of the contract. But I thought at least we'd get a couple of good years out of him. I didn't know he was that bad, you know. So, yeah, I, I but I would give him, although, although, I always say when you're in that position that he's in, you got to know more than me. I'm just a I'm just a, a supporter who's looking from the outside. You've got look when you if you go if I'm on a job if I'm working in a company and I've been working there for fifteen twenty years if you don't know how to know what's going on and hear stuff then you're an idiot. You gotta have inside information, you know. So it's if you're a general manager, you gotta know what's going on. You 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 you, 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 you gotta be talking with people. 
You, you, you got to hear stuff. You know, that's your job. That's your job. You know, you, you, you got to know if, if a guy's done or not. And, and, and if you're missing, you can't be missing by that much. Like I say, maybe you sign him for three years or you sign him for four years and he's good for a year and a half or two years. And then he starts going downhill. So I say, oh, shit, yeah, this guy is good. But for, for him to come in and be as bad as he was from game one, which means he was done. And you have to know that. Or if I could just bring in anybody from the street and tell them to, hey, go, do me a favor, go down to the Patriots and see if they want to trade this guy. Why do I need an expert for? If, if, if you're going to be as incompetent as that. You know? So, with those two guys, the, 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 the misses that he made with those, for you to come back now and, and tell me that, that, that your Leonard Williams trade is Look, how long is he? And let me tell you something. Everybody talking about Daniel Jones. And I hope to God Daniel Jones is, turns out to be a decent quarterback because it would set us back so far that we may not get into the playoff until that 20 turn into the one. You know. I, everybody said, well, he got the quarterback. It's one season, and he didn't even play the whole season. Does he look like he's going to be okay? Yeah. But we've seen this already. L- l- listen, you know, there there were people last Carl, year. Carl looked good in the first year, you know. Yeah. I hope people realize that Carl looked good in the first year. Listen, there were people co- okay. like there were people complaining about me complaining about Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky because uh, Mitch Trubisky because I was saying I was too hard on him. Listen, I could see limitations in quarterbacks because the. At a certain point, when you see enough game tape on certain quarterbacks, you realize what routes they aren't good at because coaches start scheming around the deficiencies of their quarterbacks. There there were obvious games where Daniel Jones had trouble throwing the deep ball. Literally could not throw deep balls. The, 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 uh, I, I, I don't know what else you could say. Like The Eagles had one of the worst secondaries in the entire league. Daniel Jones couldn't beat him over the top. Even Eli, and as much as people want to say Eli is completely done, Eli could beat even Eli beat the Eagles over the top. Daniel Jones could take the top off the defense. The Eagles were able to tee off on the Giants because Daniel Jones couldn't throw a deep ball. Yes, the weather wasn't great. Guess what? Most of the time in the Meadowlands, the weather's not going to be great late in the year. I, I, that's a news flash. <laughs> the weather in the Meadowlands isn't great past. October, get used to it. But this is this is what it's we've got. Flat, it's a flat place, you know. So you, you're gonna get cross winds there all the time. I mean, anybody who ever drive down the turnpike, you know, on on a windy day, could tell you about that. You 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 get it, you know, coming both ways. 
So you better be used to that. Yeah. Actually, kick it, that, 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 that kick in the Meadowlands about that. You know, so, I, look, like I said, I hope Daniel Jones pans out because if it doesn't, it's going to screw us up big time. But the way our people is, is, is telling me that, well, he got the quarterback, like he was Dan Marino in the first year. And I didn't see that. So for him to be doing the amount of crap he's doing, and his big thing is that he drafted a good I haven't seen that yet. I, I, I can't give him that pass yet. There are people who actually the think there. There are people yeah. who actually thought Daniel Jones had a good year as a quarterback. Because here's the thing: they want to look at it with uh, uh, rose uh, rose tinted glasses and just say everything was rosy because he's a rookie. Listen, there are certain things that you have to see development out of, and the critical mistakes that happen, you want to see some progression on those issues. The issues with Daniel Jones were. And it was the book on him in college. A, struggles throwing deep balls, inaccurate uh, over the top uh, in terms of uh, getting the ball out to wide receivers. That still happened. And also the turnover issues. Was very careless with the football throwing. And the fumbling issues are there. It, it, it is clear as day that he is not someone who is going to be great at holding on to the football if he gets hit. And the Giants, as I said have been one of the worst functioning offensive line units for the last decade. Yeah, it's, look, like I said, the way our people is wanting to give him a pass saying, well, well he did get the quarterback. I, 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 I can't say that yet. Because I, I haven't seen enough to say, well, at least he got the quarterback. You know, look, you, you, you use a number two pick to draft a running back, which, uh, you know, uh, do I like, do I like Sikram Barkley? Yeah. You know, but a number two pick, you know, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's, it's, I didn't say that they they had to draft Sam Donald or, 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 or you know, the, the, with, with, with the, the number two pick, you know, because I had like, I had like, um, gosh, I, every time I go to call this guy's name, I never, I never remember the Buffalo quarterback. Uh, Josh name? Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, you, you, yeah. And, and you know, and no, you know, and you know, I'm not, and you know, I'm not a Josh Allen fan. <laughs> and you know, I'm not a Josh Allen fan. You and I disagree on that one, but we'll, right. I'll let you go. Right now, I had liked him. Now, the only thing I, that uh, you know, the, the book on him is that he makes rash decisions, and it came to fruition the other night because in that fourth quarter. His decision making was, you know, that 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 lateral that he tried that they got <laughs> away with, which could have been a disaster. Uh, and then so he fortunate. Up with taking those sacks, that's bad judgment. You know, 
Now, I'm thinking he should be over that in his second year. Well, no. Well, te- 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 give him a little break. Well, well, technically, this was year two for him. Uh, th- th- uh, it's gonna be th- uh, yeah. year three. Uh, my here's yeah, my here's my, yeah here's my thing with Josh Allen. He shouldn't he shouldn't be taking those kind of sacks in his second year. What's what's worrying me is that somebody was saying that's the problem they always had with him. He makes these rash decisions, you know, at certain times, and they feel that. It's gonna always be like that. Could be. Yeah, I you mean, it, it, it was the book on him. But my issue with Josh Allen, and you know, I've said this repeatedly, is the fact that he's not a natural thrower of the football. Like, if you if you're telling me the quarterback that that you're selecting is not a natural thrower of the football, you're telling me that you don't have a real quarterback because that means he can't throw most of the routes that you need in the NFL because he has no he has no touch on his passes. And that seems to be the case with Josh Allen because it, it, more often than not, he tends to shot put the football. So, yeah, when he can throw a deep ball from time to time, it, it'll work out because, yeah, you don't need a whole lot of touch on certain deep balls. Most NFL wide receivers are fast enough that they can just run under it anyway. But the problem is, is when you need to put a touch pass so that you get it over one level of the defense, but drop it in before the safety can come over the top to knock the ball away. I'm not sure if he can actually throw that pass consistently because he hasn't shown it yet. And the bills don't necessarily call those types mm-hmm. of plays for him because I think they know he can't throw it consistently. So it hampers your mm-hmm. offense. So, you know, the, the, the takeaway people said that like the bills need to have for next year is you need to get more playmakers. The Bills actually have playmaker, like they have speed on that team. The problem is, is that you know, much like what happened with the Bears with Mitch Trubisky, you know, once teams figure out what routes your QB can't throw, they start shutting down the gimme plays that they've been give, uh, giving uh, them because they know that that's your, your most likely plays and start scheming specifically. Everyone in the league specifically game planned. For Matt Nagy and the uh, Bears' short passing game, to the extent that Tariq Cohen was a complete non-factor this year because he couldn't get any open space, and Mitch Trubisky couldn't throw the ball down the field because, again, he never actually progressed as a passer at all. Despite the fact that, given the same amount of time he's had in the league as Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. He is still light years behind him in development. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that one you, you, you can tell. So, so that, that, that those are the little things that that I I worry about when people is talking about giving give Gettleman a pass because he got the quarterback. Is that hey, we've seen this movie before, you know? I, I haven't seen enough out of this guy to, for you to tell me that that he's 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 the quarterback of the future. I don't know that. So why would I be giving Dave Gettleman a pass already? You know? So so when 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 people start saying, well, you know, like Mara says, uh we're gonna give him a chance to finish what he started. The other day I, I hear Mara talking about well, you know, um, 
he 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 spent half of the first year, you know, fighting, you know, because he had the the cancer. But if he can't do his job, get rid of him. You can't keep him and then say, well, you know, I, I, I give him a chance because so and so and so and so and so. Because if I'm working and I'm sick, you know. Why? If, if, he, but here's, here's the problem with John Mara talking out of both sides of his mouth. You knew, everyone knew that he had the diagnosis. That wasn't a mystery to anyone. You had, and again, this GM uh, candidate search came down to Gettleman and Lewis Riddick on ESPN. Everyone knew about Gettleman's medical history. That wasn't that wasn't a mystery. It was well known throughout the league. So when you made that hire, you tacitly knew that there was a chance that he was going to be away for uh, treatments, and you needed to have a failsafe plan for someone to be doing the scouting. Like the problem with the Giants, and again, and this is what's going to lead to the. the uh, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to do a game with you in terms of. Uh, uh, of actually doing background research, this is this is showing you how dysfunctional this coaching hiring process was because it seemed to be that the Giants had already made up their minds that it was Matt Rule or just make up something in case we can't get Matt Rule. Because at the end of the day, the way the Giants started leaking, and some of it was intentional, some of it, I have no doubt that it was the Tish side of the Di- Giants' ownership being pissed off that they started leaking stuff to make Gettleman and uh, John Mara look dumb. Because I, I think that there is very much civil discord going on within the Giants' leadership at this point. Uh, because the amount of misinformation and leaks coming out, usually that's a telltale sign that somebody is try- is trying to win a power battle with someone else. And they're not mad about how the decision went down. Because even mm. because the timeline of the original timeline of events was that yesterday, uh, Monday night, uh, Rule interviewed with Carolina one day. He get he gets the big money deal uh, from Carolina. So, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this uh, a little bit. Uh, an eight-year, I mean, a six-year deal worth eight and a half million a year. So, he's got the by far the richest contract of a first-year coach ever. The only coach getting paid more than Matt Rule right now is John Gruden. Now, yes, eight and a half million is a ridiculous amount of money. David Tepper, the new owner of Carolina Panthers, is uh, splashing a ton of cash and is uh, throwing his weight around. Rule calls the Giants. The Giants balk at the asking price of having to pay that much for a head coach. And believe me, I'm not saying that Matt Rule was the guy because I told you, I think that at best, Matt Rule is about a 30% chance of success at the NFL level. Given his lack of true coordinator experience at the NFL level and or head coaching experience, because I you know, at the end of the day, you still need to have a couple of years seasoning at the coordinator level more often than not in order for it to translate. It there, there 
there are very, very few examples of that not being the case. Mike Tomlin is one of the rarest examples of them all. And even then, most NFL people will tell you, Mike Tomlin's not the greatest X's and O's coach. Great motivator, great manager of people, not necessarily great X's and O's. The reason why most uh, technical coaches have been coordinators for years is because you have to get down in the nitty-gritty in terms of being coordinators for a couple of years to actually get that level of acumen developed. So, going back to the timeline. By Monday night, the Giants are already balking at the rule offer. So they know rules going to Carolina. They start spreading the word initially that rules not going to be the guy. That rules going to Carolina, but they're making it sound. So they leaked it to the press that we have another candidate that's rising up uh, 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 about this uh, a signing. The news breaks early Tuesday morning that Rule is signing with the Panthers. The Giants news media, uh, uh, well, not the Giants news media, the New York news media starts flipping out, as does the fan base this morning, about Rule signing with the Panthers. Because all indications from this entire coaching search, despite the fact that they interviewed Eric Bieniemy, uh, they interviewed Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Uh, I mean, to be honest... To me, Biennemi had the most acumen, technically, considering that Casey's been the top offense the last two years with Mahomes. Even before uh, then, uh, <clears throat> Biennemi being uh, uh, the positions co- uh, coach for uh, the Chiefs and having college coordinator experience, he was more than qualified than anybody else that the Giants had interviewed to actually get a legitimate shot. And as much as people want to say it, uh, that uh, folks are trying to turn it into a racial thing. If you're telling me that Matt Rule, with only one year of experience as an assistant offensive line coach for the Giants, not the offensive line coach, the assistant to the offensive line coach at the Giants, then going to college at Temple, which was a train wreck of a cop. Uh, let's be honest. Temple is a train wreck of a college coaching job because Temple doesn't have a stadium. It's hard to recruit players at Temple. There is little to no expectation for Temple football. So Matt Rule goes to Temple, takes a job, does a great job there, but again, a place with no expectations. Gets offered the Baylor job out in the Big 12. Now, Baylor is a massive step up, but again, Baylor, because of everything that had gone on with Art Bryles, was a nuclear yeah, wasteland uh, is a yeah. nuclear wasteland of a college job because of the amount of sanctions and again Art Bryles literally almost uh, got a got uh, Baylor the death penalty from the NCAA because of the amount of shenanigans that went down at Baylor during that tenure. How B- Baylor managed to avoid more sanctions from the NCAA is again another reason why there's so much hypocrisy in the N- uh, NCAA because. The, the punishments that get, that get doled out make absolutely zero sense if you take a look at it on face value. But again, Matt Rule, terrible first year because no one was expecting anything. To, eventually completes the turnaround. Baylor goes 11-3 and this year. Again, weak schedule to Big 12 and a, a conference that plays absolutely zero defense. But hey, 
Baylor was actually the best defensive team in the Big 12. Again, that's not saying much, but realistically, he did a good job compared to where he was. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not a top college program, but he he did a spectacular job with uh, limited resources, technically, because of all the sanctions going on at Baylor. Again, limited expectations. The amount of of a leap from going from Baylor to head coach of an NFL football team is almost the equivalent of taking the CEO of a startup company and plopping him into a Fortune 500 company. It's a lot to take on, and to me, rule should have never been the top choice. But because the Giants had pumped up Rule to be the top choice, and Rule spurned him to go sign with the Panthers, the entire media frenzy started flocking around asking what the Giants were doing. So they could say whatever they want. The reality of the situation is, you know, damage control was the primary goal for the Giants, whether they want to admit it or not. Because Joe Judge... Again, never a coordinator at any level of college or NFL was an assistant to the special teams coach from 2012 to uh, 2014. That's the start of his head coaching experience, 2012. Assistant to the special teams coach. He was then the special teams coach for the last four years. Starting in 2015, he he got the added title of the wide receivers coach uh, this season because Belichick usually tries to give uh, his assistants three years uh, as as uh, some of the uh, functions uh, of their uh, individual jobs before they start adding on different tasks. He, he's done it. He's done it before with. Uh, McDaniels, he did it with Patricia, he did it with Bill O'Brien beforehand. He usually adds on secondary titles after a couple of years when there's been one particular coach because he likes to keep them well-rounded. So yeah, he was on the rise within Belichick. But here's the problem. If you want to say that New England, with one of the worst offenses in the entire league and one of the biggest reasons why the Patriots got bounced in the first round is the fact that they couldn't come up with any routes to generate any separation. You literally pointed to the new guy that's new on the job being in charge of that. Not exactly a sterling uh, reception. And for all those who are clamoring saying, why didn't we interview McDaniels? Listen, McDaniels didn't have a great showing this year either with the Patriots offense. But part of the issue with McDaniels is the fact that, again, if he was willing to walk away from the Colts job when he had Andrew Luck and nobody knew Andrew Luck was retiring, nobody was Nostradamus there. That caught everyone by surprise. McDaniels didn't have any clue that uh, Luck was on the verge of walking away from football entirely. He walked away from uh, Andrew Luck. You really think he's leaving the Patriots even with even with even with the possibility of Brady retiring or leaving the Patriots, you really think he's going to leave the Patriots and the comfort of Robert Kraft offering him a pile 
pile of money and promising him the head coaching job after Bill Belichick eventually retires, you really think he's going to leave to come here in New York and get second guess all day long with a quarterback that he probably, again, would have a lot of questions with, with uh, Daniel Jones. Really? Like, what What narrative sense does that even make? It, it really doesn't make any sense. If you, if you look at it logically, why would D- Josh McDaniels uh, come to the Giants? Based off of what he passed up last year. And it's not, and it, and you can't say buyer's remorse. That gives, I mean, that well, is absurd. How can, you, how can you trust him? He agreed to everything with 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 with, with Indianapolis last year. So even if even if he does say he's signing, how how would you trust him? I mean, you you'd be sitting there every day and 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 chipping in your boots. Yeah. You know, so so I, I I don't know. Yeah. So basically, this entire hire with Joe Judge just reeks of reeks of a PR move because there is no reason to actually make the announcement or leak it to the press because they haven't made the official announcement yet. They leaked it to the press as soon as Matt Rule signed with the Panthers. Why would you leak that and not make a formal announcement? Because they wanted to do damage control because they knew the fan base would be pissed off because they've been pumping this up to Matt Rule. Like, again, this shows how disorganized the Giants are because they really thought they were the front runners of landing Matt Rule because Matt Rule had been in a, uh, within the Giants organization before. This is, this is just the thought process of the folks that we're dealing with here. They had, they really had no idea that they were going to get submarine by Carolina splashing a huge contract in the front of rule. It caught them completely off guard. So then they panic with, uh, uh, leaking the news, uh, to Joe judge without, you know, actually gauging if this was going to be received well by the fan base, because they're so afraid of how the fan base reacting to, uh, Matt rule, not signing with the giants. Because at the end of the day, now the Giants are the team, and again, the Jets still do this too, but the Giants are now the team that is going crazy over what fan perception is because they know the fan base is absolutely pissed off of Gettleman. And so now you got John Mara trying to do damage control by leaking this news. Now, the problem is, Part of mm. part of what's going on is that leak about Joe Judge being the guy, I still think probably came... I don't think the Giants were initially looking to leak that news. I think that probably came from the Tish side of the camp. Because, to me, mm. what sense does it make the Giants leaking the news about Joe Judge immediately after the news breaks that Matt Rule's going to sign with the Panthers. It really does. It looks like you're panicking. And who... Because I tried racking my brain about uh, the PR move because I'll get to the point where they try to change the narrative. Because they leaked the news about Joe Judge being the guy. But who does it benefit? Because I know more than 60% of the fan base, based off the initial reaction, 
is like, what is going on? And if 60% of your fan base is like, what are you doing? And the entire national media is like, what are you doing in unison? Like the amount of people actually defending the Giants here are basically ex-Giants people defending the, uh, trying to carry the water for the organization right now. Because the issue is to say that you're going to go, your top choice was a guy was a guy with no NFL head coaching experience and limited college head coaching experience to then say your second choice is a guy with zero coaching experience is utter nonsense because again I made the comparison of Matt Rule being a CEO of a startup to being now plopped into a Fortune 500 company by comparison Joe Judge is probably, at best, a a finance officer for that same startup now being plopped into the CEO role of a company. It is so much of a leap of faith to get to that point when you have no goodwill established as to his acumen. And again, we're going to run down the Bill Belichick coaching tree to show how nonsensical trying to go off of a coaching tree is to predict the guy's success in the NFL level that you, what homework did you actually do in prepping this? Because it feels as though giants management said, we got to make a decision quickly on a guy because rule just spurned us. And Joe judge's name floated to the top of the list because Dave Gettleman interviewed a couple of guys and he was the guy that Gellman felt best about that he could control. That's what this felt like. So then, in response to Joe Judge being at the top of the list, you got the Steve Tisch side of the ownership group, probably not exactly happy that they're going with yet another unknown coach after taking a chance on McAdoo, firing McAdoo, and then taking another chance on Pat Shermer, who flamed out in Cleveland spectacularly, only to flame out again spectacularly in New York and just saying, now we're going to go with another guy with no head coaching experience. He, I feel like uh, Steve, T- the Steve Tisch side of the house, like leaked the news to the media so that by the time that when the news started going around and people started like losing their minds over Joe judge, then the mayor side of the house sh- tried to shift the narrative saying, Oh no, Joe judge was always the guy. It's it's the fact that we were finalizing a deal last night. It's just that Carolina uh, tried to trump us with a news story, but Joe Judge was always going to be the guy. That's now the narrative the mayors are trying to spin here. So that's what yeah, I think please. happened. That's what I think happened here. I think once they found out that they could that they weren't willing to pay for rule, they were hoping that the news story uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't. Uh, 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 spinner as fast as it did with the uh, news breaking that Rule was signing. But once Rule knew that the Jets were going to match, of course he was going to uh, sign with Carolina. Why would you delay but, that? But, but, but wait a minute. If, if Rule was your guy, okay? If Rule was your guy, because the enemy of them interviewed Saturday, alright? If Rule was your guy, when the Patriots got elected Saturday night, Sunday morning, you have a news conference because they're out. 
And if that's your guy, you're not really thinking about anybody else, you know, yeah, you know, you know, rules sound fine, but you're not really taking that chance, then you just sign sign judge. You know? If that's what you if you that's what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, you know, so why wait why wait till Tuesday? You know, you basically almost the last. There's only Cleveland behind you now. You know, so I I don't understand that. You know, the, look, the whole thing with the Giants. The Giants want to keep Gettleman. They don't want it to look like we have Gettleman and, you know, he's going to, he's going to, get the things for the coach, he's going to do all the signing. Most of the coaches now don't want that. The coaches now believe in that parcels thing, that if you're cooking the food, you've got to buy the groceries. And that's what most coaches want. I'm, I'm almost sure that's what they knew Rivera want. You know? That, that's why he took the job in Washington, because you hear what they say now, that the coach is going to help pick the manager. So right now, the coach is the guy with 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 the the, the veto power over everything. Yeah, but so but here but here but here's the but here's the joke. Here here are all the candidates that are still more qualified than Joe Judge that the Giants did not interview. The Giants did not interview Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator of the Ravens. They did not interview Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers. They didn't, uh, they did, while they did interview Biennemi and, uh, uh, Don Martin, Don Wink Martindale, uh, uh, so, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs and the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, uh, uh, specifically, they interviewed those two. Those were the only two coordinators. Besides Rule and Judge that got interviewed. Kevin Stefanski didn't get interviewed. Like, all these other guys that have far more coaching experience than Joe Judge did not get interviewed. What kind of coaching search are you doing where half the uh, top candidates that are still available and in the playoff uh, playoffs right now can't get an interview with you. Are are you serious right now? Like th- this is the joke. This is the joke. Why are you in such a rush? And again, this is what it comes down to. The Giants have already know from other agents that their that their candidates aren't interested in working with Dave Gettleman. This all stems back to Gettleman. So I'm what? So so what do the they problem. do? They try to. They try to work around the fact that they don't want to get Giants fans uh, more pissed off that they can't get anybody in the door. So they've rushed to a decision of the one guy, the couple of guys that are willing to take their phone calls. But the Giants knew this before. Like I said, if you're in the business, you gotta know, you got to hear the rumors. You know? And as soon as I realized 
that Ron Rivera was going to to, to Washington. I know nobody, people don't want to win. Not going to be able to work with with Gettleman. You understand? Know because if you're willing to work with Dan Snyder and not even take an interview <laughs> with the Giants, I'm, that I'm that it's like that that's that 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 is like next level of. I really don't want to bother with you whatsoever. That you're willing to just take just take a job from Dan Snyder, just sign on to you, just like get it over with. I'll, I'll take. I would rather deal with. I would rather deal with Dan Snyder than have to deal with the Giants or Jerry Jones in Dallas. Yeah, and and that's why I told you. It's it's. I have a feeling. And I can say, I'm going to see. Let's hear this thing with Jason Garrett. Because he's a guy that would take, would, would take the job. I mean, he, 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 he kissed Jerry Joe's ass for 10 years. Uh, you know he can take a job and, and work on a gentleman. <laughs> that's, the guy he, that's the kind of guy he is. You know? So I, I have a feeling that's where this is going. But they they couldn't they couldn't after everybody left hire Jason Garrett they 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 kind of figured that the fans may go crazy so they they hired this guy you know and and try to convince us that you know this is the guy you know even though we didn't date but this is the person I always wanted to get married to you know <laughs> so it's it, yeah you know we got we we. we we're going to have to live with it. You know, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I mean, <laughs> boy, look, oh my God, Lord. Oh, Lord. I wish there was some place, I wish, I wish Trinidad was like how it used to be, where when you're down there, you don't get the game so you can forget about football. You know, because I, next year may not be a year to, to be watching football on Sundays. I mean, this year was bad enough. You know, it could be worse next year. Yeah, it could be worse. Because if, 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 um, if Daniel Jones doesn't make a big leap, and first of all, I, I got to see this draft. The, the only thing I'm looking forward to is I got to see this draft. Because people keep telling me that getting one did really good in the last two drafts he had. You know, like Where? I everybody saying that. Um, Where? <laughs> um, that, 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 what the, the cornerback name that they moved up to get? DeAndre um, Baker. Baker. That, that he came on at the end of the year. I'm like, which game are they watching? Listen, you know, if, if someone was to say... Beat, who do you think who you think got beat for that last touchdown? For, for, now, I was grateful because I, I, I didn't want us to beat the, the, the Eagles. But who do you think got beat for that last touchdown? Yeah, the big. Indian trailer behind there? It's Baker. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so I, I don't know what you're telling me about. You know, it's 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 you know. So I don't know how good they tell me his draft is 
because you can't you can't count Saquon Barkley. You use a second pick to get him. So it's ridiculous. Daniel Jones, we gonna see. You know, because all the things are telling me that the quarterback, I haven't seen that yet. I mean, the teams we beat is teams that anybody was going to beat. But, you know, so it's not like he had these great, these great victories that, 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 that Daniel Jones did. It's not like he beat the 49ers, you know. Or Seattle, or, or, or one of them teams. We won, we won against. We beat it. We won against terrible, yeah. terrible football teams. Yeah, you know, we beat Washington twice. We beat Miami, Tampa Bay, and Miami. And Miami. Hey, you know, what are you telling me about? We can beat Detroit. We can beat uh, the Cardinals. I mean, you know, give me a break here. So it's and he lost. We lost eight straight games with him. So did he look terrible? Did he look lost? No. He looked like okay. He could be. He could be passable. You know, we could grow with him. But I'm not giving any ton of marks a do. You know, you look like Peyton Manning off the bat. Uh, it's crazy. The way the people want to give Gettleman this pass because they say he did. And now we're hearing it's really Pat Schumer that put, you know, Gettleman on the, the thing. So if you're saying that, so then, what are you getting all this credit for? Because you pull the trigger? You know? So I don't know. But uh, yeah, but um, all right. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play this quick game with you because people keep bringing up the Belichick coaching tree. So I'm I'm gonna see if you can get you can get the get the answer right. Uh, out of all, because uh, uh, Joe Judge will be the twelfth Belichick assistant to get an NFL head coaching job. Can you name the winningest head coach of the Belichick coaching tree? But if you want to go back, you're probably going to have to say one. Technically, you are you know. incorrect because technically, as an NFL head coach, Nick Saban was only 15 and 17 in his uh, time in Miami. Before before you no, left. I, I, yeah, no, I'm just talking about the winning his guy. Uh, uh, he uh, went back to college and he uh, started uh, winning. No, 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 I'm talking but, NFL. But, Oh, NFL? Hello? Yeah, yeah, NFL. Boy, you know, uh, let me tell you something. That, that, that is so poor that I I don't know. I'm really going to say I don't know. Okay, okay. Oh, see, you got it. You got it. Bill O'Brien. Bob, as we like to call him, Bob is the winningest yeah, but, coach of the Belichick coaching tree. 
at a sparkling 52 and 44 record for which he should have been fired a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I'm not going to say that. I, I, I completely was at a loss because, let me tell you something, every time I look at Bill O'Brien, he looks like a, a, a coach with a losing record. I'm telling you, he looks like a coach with a losing record. Despite, despite the amount... He ima- almost blundered that game away. Oh, if, if, it, listen, if it, Doug Marone didn't make so much stupid mistakes... Yeah, you know. Well, no, no, no. Well, 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 see, here's the thing with McDermott. My whole thing with Sean McDermott. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the way yeah. he was, the way he was coaching, you would have, you would have sw- sworn that was Doug Marone coaching the Bills again. But um, <laughs> uh, the, between Josh Allen's it, it, like decision making, I probably would have pulled them aside and taken that timeout to get him to calm down. Because the problem was with the Josh Allen sack, it bailed out the Texans so much because they had no business. Like Josh Allen took. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to even rehash that game. It's just the 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 Texans got bailed out so many times by the Bills calling the wrong play at the wrong time and only getting three instead of seven in the red zone. They got bailed out completely, but. Technically, Bill O'Brien is the winningest head coach under the Belichick coaching tree. I'll give you some. I'll give you some of the runner-ups in this. The next runner-up under the Bill Belichick coaching tree is Eric Mangini at thirty-three and forty-seven. Mangenius. Let me let me give you a joke. Okay, let me give you a joke. The best coaching job I've seen out of one of Belichick's guys for the year was this guy this year. Um, Flores. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Brian Flores. Flores did the best job because let me tell you something. Miami had nothing. The fact that he could win five games, it, it, it's a genius coaching job. They, they, they're supposed to have him in the running for coach of the year because for what they did to that team and what he got them to play and that 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 team that team was specifically that team was specifically deconstructed to make sure that they finished one in 16 and he got five wins out of them i'm not gonna tell you but forest should be fired because They stripped the team down the tank and he got them to it. <laughs> he he can be fired, you know. Because look, let me tell you something. Oh, and, 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 and by the way, by the way, I've seen. Uh, by, by by the way, Brian Flores was under Belichick since two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. It took him. 15 years working with Bill Belichick to get a sniff at a head coaching job. And Joe Judge got that in half that amount of time. Again, I'm I'm, I'm just saying that for all these folks that keep complaining, saying that why is everyone got to make it a racial thing with uh, Bill Belichick assistants getting a a coaching job? 
Because the, the, the criteria being met for getting interviews is so haphazard in the NFL. That's how you get that's how you get uh, jammed up with those things. Yeah, you know. It's I, I thought he did the best job and I also you know, I'm not because he beat the Patriots the other night. Uh, you know I thought the 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 that Rabel did a half decent job with 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 the 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 with with with, with the Kennedy. Because he had, he had the guts to switch from Mariota, you know. Uh, uh, well, Tennessee. Honestly, Vrabel's done a good job with Tennessee. The reason why I don't give Vrabel as much credit is because Tennessee had a solid roster to begin with. They had a solid roster. Oh, the, yeah. the, 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 the problem with Tennessee has been the the shaky quarterback play, and you know Tennessee was in a spot where. Someone needed to make a decision on Marcus Mariota one way or the other because it was it didn't seem like it was gonna ever happen and he was the guy who finally ripped off the band-aid. So I give him credit for that, but I can't say that he did this tremendous coaching job because to me, if you look at Tennessee's roster, the amount of draft picks that they've had over the years, because they've been hap- they've been good, they've been awful some years, like they were out the entire Mariota tenure. They've made the playoffs a couple of times, been awful other years. So they've had a number of good uh, quality draft picks fall their way, and they've done well drafting guys because, believe me, I, I'm still pissed off that the Giants won too many games that it cost us Taylor Lewan, and we've been uh, we, we've been uh, hurting from it ever since. So, yeah, every time I see Taylor Lewan on the Titans, it pisses me off. Well, look, let me tell you, let me tell you, it's like, it's like I always say, the, the one problem I had with, with the Giants and drafting, the little one, they drafted him before, but even with the Beckham, and Beckham turned out to be a good receiver, but what would you have rather have? Would you have rather had Zach Martin in the middle there? I've argued with this for people for years, and it's finally taken until this season for people to understand how valuable offensive linemen are. People don't want to admit it. Well, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you another one. And like I said, I hope he turns out to be okay. But Quinton Williams, Quinton Nelson, Every time you watch a cold square and you see him pushing people into the ground, that is gonna be really, really good. <laughs> you understand? Because we could have had him. So, you know, the problem I have, and this is how I know I don't have much faith in getting one of them. Because he didn't draft not even one you draft a, a running back one year with your second pick. You take your sixth pick, you draft a quarterback. And for the rest of the draft, you didn't draft one lineman to help protect them. I mean, I see guys who got drafted this last draft plane, and they, they, they're doing okay. How we could he find somebody? You know? 
How the hell you drive you you drafting offensive guys and not drafting anybody to protect them? And people telling me that his drafts are good. I don't see it. You know, I don't see it. And I'm gonna see this year again. I'm waiting to see if we're gonna get a lineman. The thing with linemen is when you get good linemen, once you plug them in there, you just relax for the next ten, fifteen years. Lima gets there and play. Unless you're the Giants and you draft Eric Flowers. Oh, well, Again, that that would require forethought, which is something that doesn't exist uh, in the Giants organization at the moment. I'm telling you, the, the other guy I thought Gentleman and them should have been on the heels with is uh, the Jeff guy that uh, that that with the surgery thing. Oh, uh, the Jeff cut him. The Jeff cut him. Yeah, but but again, pick him up. Yep, but here's the thing: NFL teams don't like signing injured players. That that's just one of those things that they they just don't like signing injured players. They don't like even trying to take the risk of an insurance policy. They, they, so they they would just rather just let, let let them hang out dry. That that's literally what it comes down Man, to. Let me tell you something: the Giants is in such a bad way with linemen. I don't think you could clear up your nose at any good lineman, and that guy is a good lineman. Okay? The, the Jets look like they misdiagnosed him, and I don't understand how the Jets was handled that so badly with the surgery because. Probably because they use. Second opinions and, yeah, well, they probably you know, have. They probably use the same doctor system, Matt. Well, it could be. You know? 
So it, the thing about it is this. If you have money, you could pick jobs. You know, you could say, I don't want this job. I don't know. They may want me to work on a holiday. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. You can do all of that if you got money. You see, if you catch in hell and you're broke, you can't do that. <laughs> you need work. Yeah, you need work. You can't be turning up your nose at, at, at different jobs. So that's the giants. You 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 in need alignment so bad that I don't think you can turn up your nose at anything. You should have been calling about Trent Williams, and you should have been trying to sign this guy because you beggars can be choosers, and Lord the giants are begging. I mean, you know, they could they could barely block me. Yeah, you know. But yeah, the, the, there's no, there's no way, uh, there's almost no way Osimile was going to get signed by Gentleman. I, I, I can, I can, I can almost, I can almost like you could have, you could have, I could have put up like a thousand dollars to your dollar, and I still would have uh, uh, taken that bet that uh, Gentleman do, doesn't make that signing. It, there's just no way I, I, I could have seen him doing that. And, and, and he probably he probably be working out and, and getting signed by somebody because that's the other thing that kills me with the Giants. Unless it's a bad move, they the slaves to come out of the box. They can run into a bad move quick. But but if it's a move, you're, not, you're like, you're in this guy's on the market. And they would be like dragging their feet, dragging their feet. It's like the, the Waddle King. Remember the Waddle? Uh, don't don't talk to me the about Eric. King? Don't talk to me about Eric Weddle. Like, like I, you know, I don't I don't want I don't want the I don't want even though they knew we needed safety. I I don't you know, I don't want to revisit the past. I'm not here to talk about the past. <laughs> I'm gonna go Mark. I'm gonna go Mark. It's a common sense move. They drag their feet, drag their feet, and somebody always ends up signing the guy. But if it's a jackass move, they run up in front quick. They force in the line to 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 to, to lose money. I mean, I could bet you if you give everybody truth serum in the NFL, you couldn't get. Two teams telling me that they were going to trade for Leonard Williams. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you, you couldn't get two teams that telling you, oh, if the Giants made that move, I was going to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, gonna I'm pretty confident you're going to win that one. I'm pretty confident you're going to win that one. I'm telling you, you know, they, their feet. I mean, every time you, you would be like, oh shit, why well, don't do that? You know, this guy's on the market. I, I hope they sign this one. You know, you sit down there and drop there and he's like, I think we should trade out of this spot because if we get there, and boom, it never happens. Yeah. So, you know, so here, he, 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 so before I let you go, Callie, uh, I, I, I want you to guess, and literally, I, I, I don't think you're going to be able to get it because. Uh, outside of Bill O'Brien, Mike Vrabel 
and one other coach are the only coaches in Bill Belichick's coaching tree to actually have a record over 500. So, so we we got we got Bill O'Brien, we got Mike Vrabel. Can you name the one other Belichick assistant to have a record over 500? Nope, not McDaniels. Uh, Honestly, this one was so obscure that when I had to think about it again, I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, I forgot about him. All right. Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I, let me tell you something. That, that legacy is so bad. Because people always, people always want to go and hire, you know, because that's always the same thing. And, you know, he's a, he's a military disciple and, you know, yeah. But when you think about it, you know, Parcells have a better record that way than him. More powerful guys get successful, you know, because he and Zimmer and, I mean, it's, it's a long line there, uh, guys. But for some reason, Belichick guys, and, and I can't say it's because he's too hands-on, because Patrick is always hands-on, because, you know, he always had to know what the offense is running or whatever, so I, I don't know. Listen. Guys, Listen. Who is that other guy? Uh, te- technically, he also falls under. Like I, I considered it more of a tie with the uh the Parcells coaching tree. But the only other guy that you can make a case that he was under Belichick's coaching tree, uh, is this guy. It's Al Groh. With the one season he coached with the Jets after Parcells left and Belichick backed out of the Jets job, the one season Al Groh coached. Where he went nine and seven. I, I, you know, even though I heard his name mentioned the other day, I I I forgot I'll go. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know? exactly, Callie. Nobody remembers I'll grow. <laughs> yeah, and, and even if I do, I'm gonna always remember I'll go more as a Panthers guy than than, than a Belichick guy. You know. Because as as because as as much as like Parcells didn't doesn't have that extensive a coaching tree because a lot of it overlaps with Belichick being under him. At least you still have cases where you got Tom Coughlin and Sean Payton under Parcells' coaching tree. Because like yeah you'll yeah. you'll you'll have you'll have the Sperano uh, the late Tony Sperano you'll have uh, Spagnolo uh, you have Dick Duran being under Parcells coaching tree you got Todd Haley like you've got you've got some guys who were Zimmer was there in in Dallas yeah Zimmer Zimmer was there too but it's like that's the thing like you've got you have and again it's not a guarantee that. You, because you're under a coaching tree, that it's a lock. Because guess what? Bill Walsh has the biggest coaching tree there is. 
And you've got the Mike Shanahan's. You got the late Denny Green. You got Mike Holmgren. But guess what? There are a bunch of busts under that tree. It, uh, I mean, you, you got you got. You, you kidding me? Is that, is that, is that a lot of busts? <laughs> um, I mean, he's always he's on ESPN now. Um, he quit the Forty Niners. Um, uh, Mariucci. Yeah. Mario and, and all of them. They, I they, mean, they, you, 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 I mean, they got some good stuff there too. Yeah, I mean, like every, I mean, yeah, there, there are guys who have done well, but it's like, you, if you want to tell me that they're like because you came under a coaching tree, that doesn't mean anything. It, it, it yeah. really doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes you're around around great minds, but guess what? Not all guys are created equal. For every for ev- for every Andy for every Andy Reid, there is a Jim Zorn, a Mike Sherman, a Mariucci, a Jim Fossil, like a, a, a Tom Gable, like like yeah. th- there are a, a lot. It's, yeah, it's got a lot. I was like, yeah, right. I- I'm so sick of people bringing up coaching trees. It- it- it's almost as though they only pay attention to guys who succeed. There are there are far more guys who have failed under certain coaching trees. And guess what? Bill Belichick's yeah, coaching yeah. tree is one of the absolute worst examples you can ever cite. Hey, you know, all the, all the things that people are with Matt Daniels, they are acting as though they haven't seen him in action before. Why do you think he's bad there? It's not that he didn't have a good hey, hey, job before. Hey, remember, remember, you know? McDaniels only failed in Denver because of Tebow, even though he's the one who advocated for Tebow. It, 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 it's not, it's, right. it's not he, his fault. Yes, he had, he had, he had a... Uh, wait a minute. Which one of them went to, uh, to Kansas City? Uh, Kansas City. Uh, no, 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 no. He uh, McDaniel's didn't go to Kansas City. Um, no. But one somebody went to Kansas City. Who was it? No, Romeo went to Kansas City. Yeah, but. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, R- Romeo Cornell coached in Kansas City, but um, yeah, but Romeo. No, 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 no. You're you're you're, think, you're thinking about Scott Pioli. Scott Pioli was the GM in Kansas City, but um. Oh yeah, that that's what happened. Okay, okay, okay. That's what, that's what I got. Tired. Pioli went went there. Yeah, when Pioli was yeah. the GM, and that was the other thing too. That's the other thing too. Oh, yeah, they um, you know, they 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 come from New England. They're gonna be good up there. Oh, yeah, he took that up. <laughs> you know, that that's the other thing too. That they think that, you know, cause okay, I listen to this guy on the um um, about he's on ESPN, um, from the Jets. He was uh, he was. Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum. You're thinking of Tannenbaum. 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 Now, Tannenbaum, you might say, 
was Jimmy Partez. He wasn't a manager. What he was was the cap guy. They said what he could do. He was the salary cap guy. He could tell you how many guys you could fit in under there, and he was very good at it. You know, but he's not a general manager. People get confused with these things because what happens with some of these coaching trees is that people fail to realize some guys are assistants. Jimmy Johnson, what happened to, 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 to that, that bunch? They were brilliant down there. They won two Super Bowls. Could have won about four. Listen. If, if Jerry Johnson's such an idiot. Listen. But what happened? Jimmy Johnson. They were all good at their particular. They were all good at their particular coordinator jobs, but were never very good at as head coaches. That, that, that that's the long and short. North Turner was one of the most brilliant offensive minds as a coordinator for years. Was never a head coach. Was never a head coach. And you know what? And you know what? I think the fact that he tried to be a head coach. Kind of screwed him up with as good as because he, he's still good, but he's never as good as he was. Oh, yeah, you know, and I think it's because he keeps trying to be a head coach, you know. Once that never even bothered to come back, well, he never even bothered. Well, he went to college, well, well, he wasn't even a good head coach in college. No, he was terrible at Pitt, <laughs> that's why he's in TV. And, 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 and Wanstead was a really good defensive coordinator. Really good. But that some people are just, they're just coordinators. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but people always think that because you're a good coordinator, you're going to be a good head coach. You know, Rex Ryan is a good coordinator. But... They tried him as a head coach, and he's not a good head coach. You know, head coaches are CEOs, and unless you can manage everything, so that's what I'm waiting to see with this one, with 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 with, with, thing. with, with judge, because we don't even know if he could be a coordinator because he's never a coordinator, really. I mean, there's so many question marks. So many question marks. And this is the hire you want to go with when you need stability in your franchise. I, I, this, this is why I can't with the Giants right now. Because even if you try to upsell the fan base that this is a great hire, you have zero credibility or track record to actually justify the hiring. You have no credibility. They say they spoke to, um, not Dion Branch, um, um, oh my God. Well, they, spo- they spoke to the Belichick. To the Patriots. I don't remember which one of the Patriots presidents, and he said, they say he told them that with this guy, uh, whenever they, he, he's a, he's a, he's, he has a great attention to detail, that when they hit the field, they always, look, let me tell you something. Does the Patriots have good special teams? Yes. Okay? The problem with that is that they always had good special teams. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. But that's the thing. It's like you, yeah. follow, you follow the regiment. And 
don't think for a second that Bill Belichick is not hands-on with the special teams unit either. Of course he is. That that's always the way he's been. It's the old, it's the way Parcells is like Bill Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells are very much alike in that they harp on the tiniest details, especially special Everything. teams. Everything. So, because if you miss feel a ball, you drop, you fumble a, a kickoff or whatever. If you think the next kickoff you're going to be there under Parcells, no way. You're going to be on the sideline. They don't reward you for making mistakes. Yeah. So, you know? again, you know, as much as Giants fans, and I want to give them a sliver of hope, it's, I can't say that this is going to be a bust of a hire. I can't say that. But there is absolutely no credibility whatsoever to say that this is a good hire. And the fact that you didn't actually, the Giants didn't do the proper due diligence in interviewing all the available candidates speaks to either they weren't prepared or that they already knew Dave Gellman was going to be an issue and that he couldn't bring in any of those candidates to have a serious interview with the Giants because they didn't want to be interested. Okay, let me tell you how I look at this. When the Giants tell me that they studied this guy and they they did all the due diligence and, and everything, you know what it reminds me of? When Riveron said, oh, we looked at it and we didn't see enough. <laughs> when they said, they looked at that, that, that Seattle San Francisco, with the, the hole in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Say, we looked at it. <laughs> it's, it's that. I, I'm, I'm looking at it like that. I looked at them the same way. When they said that they looked at him, you know they're lying. <laughs> you know they're lying. The game never stopped. The game never stopped. What do you mean you looked at it? <laughs> you know. So it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. The same spoon of salt that I took that one with is the same. The same spoon of salt that I'm taking this one with. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All right, Kelly. I'll let you go, but yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about this uh, because the draft is gonna be right around the corner, and Lord help us because we we I can only guess what Gentleman's gonna say when when Joe Judge gets introduced in the press conference because this is gonna be a circus, and the entire league's gonna be watching now because the Giants made it a sideshow. So we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, that's all the time we have for the show today. Uh, there's going to be plenty of fallout, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, from this Giants hire once it formally gets announced. Uh, obviously, there's going to be plenty of question marks as to how this all went down. I mean, you you hope for the best. But man, based off of where the Giants organization is trending at the moment, this looks to be another Ben McAdoo disaster waiting in the wings uh, for Giants uh, fandom. I I don't know what else to tell you. The odds are so stacked against 
JoJo ch- actually being anything more than a sub 500 coach. I mean, I just, I, I don't see where he gains any traction. Uh, but, but there's always the possibility that he can galvanize a group. You hope for that. But from an X's and O's standpoint, he is so far behind the curve of other coaches. It, this, this is going to, this is going to be, it's going to be a chore. This is going to be a chore because most head coaches, even if you want to cite the Jim Harbaugh example, even Jim Harbaugh had far more experience than Joe Judge. It's not even close. So we'll see how it goes. But man, this has disaster written all over it. That's all I can say. But uh, have a good night, folks, and I will see you next time. Take it easy.